You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 70. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we're shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Hey, Beth, how are you? Good. I'm in a new <laughs> chair, so I'm like oh, you're swiveling moving all around. Have you seen the ads for the ADHD chair where it's got like the thing and has like the bean in front of it so you can put your legs in all these crazy oh. positions? Have you seen the ads no. for this? <gasps> well, it's amazing. I do like my feet up on a chair. So it's dope. So you into. have like a regular like, you know, up down stool type chair. And then in, attached to it, also on casters, is like this kind of like bean shape in front of you. Or you can move it to the side or behind you. And so there's all these different ways you can sit on it. I just had this image of me falling in between. <laughs> They're not comfortable. My feet don't ever touch the ground in them. And so it's just, is it, it's, yeah, I, I had to bid it adieu. So anyways, if you see me moving around, it's because I'm real excited about a new chair. <laughs> new chair, new life. Okay. Let's let's get going. Okay. Tell us, tell us what you've been up to. Well, I naturally have been reading books because, you know, that's what I do. Just keep so reading. Good. And I started on one in Japan. And then, so I finished that book. And then... You know, we watched the Netflix docuseries, which then reminded me about this other book that I've been wanting to read about this other type of diet from somebody that we've long been knowing about. And so anyways, I've just been kind of, you know, exploring these optimal diets, like what's happening in the nutrition world of optimal diets, because I do try to tune it out a little bit, even though... It's yeah. all there. I just am like, la, 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 la. But I've decided to dive back into reading about some of them and see what's out there. Yeah. I think it's, I, I do that too with information. It's like part of you wants to protect yourself from the noise. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also want to be open to learning right. new things and to changing your mind. And I know like now more than ever, people are just on this quest, right? They're like, tell me what is the thing? People are usually asking us like, what is the best way to eat? How do you eat? You know, what do you teach your clients? Like, what is the way? <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is so complex because there's like, yeah, what's optimal for you versus what's optimal for me. And then there's also what's optimal on a broad scale versus like what you're actually willing to do or what you can do. Right. And what's so funny is that people will ask what the optimal way is. But then they're like, but this is what I do and this is what I believe in. <laughs> yeah. You're always like, well, great. Why did you ask? <laughs> Maybe they just want validation for what they're already doing. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. That's how it always goes on, on when somebody asks me. I'll yeah. say something. Yeah. And then they'll then tell me what they're doing and what they believe in. And I'm like, okay. I know. I mean, resistance is real in the face of food. Yeah. <laughs> and changing food habits. Totally. Yeah. So tell us, like, what are these two books? 
Yeah. So the first one that I read and in that last episode of our podcast, we discussed the Netflix series, You Are What You Eat. And one of the experts in the docuseries was Dr. Michael Greger. So that was a fun coincidence that I had just finished reading his book, How Not to Diet. And then he was in that. And so I was like, oh, it just kind of came up at the right time prior to that book. I think this How Not to Diet came up after he did How Not to Die. And so it was kind of related to that. And then I just saw that he came out with another one, How Not to Age. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that. But anyways, I'm just like, well, these are all going to be the same three books with slightly different research on a particular aging or health thing. But yeah. the How Not to Diet was very much about weight and overweight and obesity. Like a lot about about that. It is a massive tomb of a book. I think it's 500 pages and a couple hundred of those are just references. Oh my God. Good for you for getting through this. Girl, I almost didn't. But I was like, well, I paid for the continuing ed credits on this. And so I want to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to follow invested. through. So I was invested, but I was mad. I will say a lot in the book. This Dr. Michael Greger, I did know about him. Before, he has a very popular website called nutritionfacts.org. Have you heard or seen this website? Yeah, I mean, I see people, you know, share information from that all over Instagram, right? And then I'm always like, is this the site that I want to get my information from? Yeah, so he's been on the internet since, like, the internet began with this website, more or less. And so I knew going into the book... That he's very much vegan is the only way. And so I knew I was going to lean that way. And I know that he's a researcher by heart. He's a PhD nutrition. So but I was like, all right, fine. And so the book claimed that it would be unbiased and him and his team would score all the research available on, you know, the topics of weight and weight loss and all the things that surround it and see what comes out on top. What diet comes out on top? So I wanted to see, is there a diet out there that's not plant-based that confirms all my biases? Right. He didn't say that, but that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and for sure, keto got the worst of his uh, rants on other diets outside of the standard American diet. He definitely really pounded in the terribleness of the standard American diet. But pretty much all diets that included an animal product of some sort was totally knocked out of this. And he referenced his previous book, How Not to Die, a lot. So I assume it's very similar. It just has some more specific health topics in it. And so while I was expecting the vegan push, what I was not expecting was the outright derogatory tone and attempts at shaming people who are overweight and obese. Like it was challenging to finish and to not be angry because I just thought that he was being a bully. Like he just you have a quote. I'm like, can you remember? Well, there are just so many. So I was going to pull some yeah. and then I was like, well, there's just so many to pull yeah. from. And so I kept like trying to like switch viewpoints on what would it be like if I was the average person 
without a nutrition background and studying these things and looking at like the culture behind food and diets, what would it be like if I was a person, an average person who was overweight or obese, how would I feel reading this? And I don't know that I would be able to finish it as that type of person. Like if I did, would I feel more knowledgeable and inspired to change or would it make me feel shame spiral into it and then I'm going to go shame spiral into like this vegan diet or just go backwards and be like oh my god this is you know whatever because you know there were some good points in there but I don't know I just I'm not an overly sensitive person and I was offended yeah so I'm just gonna leave that I mean not to like change the topic completely this I promise this is on topic but what came up for me while you're talking was thinking about kind of those extremes with religion and how sometimes like religious documents can be very like god fearing and damning and like like they try to induce shame as if that is a way to get me to love god and be a part of their religion right it's kind of the same thing it's like you're gonna shame me for the body that i have and then you expect me to do what you're telling me to do right which i don't know some people do go for that which is honestly concerning but also what i see is it fuels the haters a little bit i don't know if you yeah. ever see like on instagram when there's something about weight and the people are just like just go v and it'll make you skinny like shut up and stop eating meat like they're you know here come the the self-righteous vegans and so not all vegans are that way. No, Don't come for me, vegans. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just, you know, it it becomes so divisive. So everyone's so angry. Yeah. You know? It's not okay. Yeah. That was the tone of this book for me. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot in here that I didn't know. He did make the usual good points about the food supply, exercise, how the body does try to fight and resist changes in body fat or how it might try to compensate for the extra increase in exercise or trying to reduce calories to a certain point. Like he did bring up all those things. I did learn some new things about, you know, fiber through the whole GI system There were some new things that I didn't know. And so that was really, you know, nerd fest for me that I enjoyed. Do you trust that that information is true if we don't necessarily? Yeah, because it was all a research, you know, like researches about the role of fiber on very specific pathways in signaling and how the body works. And so this was just straight biology of like, how does fiber work? And so there were some new nuances of fiber. And I was like, oh, well, fiber just keeps on getting better. <laughs> like, I never read something about fiber. I'm like, oh, that's not a good good look right. for fiber. He does cover really a wide range of factors in the whole body system and, you know, related to diet and health and weight and all that jazz. You know, I thought that some of it was interesting. And the book was called How not to diet, but I felt at some points that was really misleading in many ways, as most books are um, when we're talking about weight. And so the argument is more or less, if you eat a non-processed vegan diet, and that is a key aspect to this aspect, that it is truly plant-based, not pasta-based pasta and tofu base because that is something that frequently happens when people say vegan so truly non-processed vegan plant-based diet you can eat as much as you want and you will lose weight and if it does i just rolled my eyes so hard (laughs) 
Have you seen those high volume videos on Instagram? There's these people that are like, look at what I eat in a day. I'm a vegan. And they're all about the high volume. Yeah. I mean, he does so talk eat about like, that. They'll but... eat like a whole watermelon for breakfast. And then they'll make like a giant potato soup. And then they'll have like this giant. They put the salads in like the big like catering trough silver bowls. And then you see this girl that's like a size zero just <laughs> going to town on lettuce. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that what that more or less is what he is like. It's the volume that you can eat right who has the time though to eat a whole watermelon for breakfast <laughs> or like i don't know i don't know i mean the, it doesn't matter what foods you consume you do get taste fatigue taste fatigue i was just thinking chew fatigue like you yeah. get, like all that fiber you're like oh sometimes you're yeah. Yeah, soups were high up there, like the concept of like yeah. soups and how they help with satiety and the volume. I mean, it was like beyond fascinating, some of the research that they did related to soup. And I was like, oh, I love a soup. And I was like, I do love a soup. And so it was just really, there were some interesting things that researchers have looked at in these like super nuanced ways that even for somebody that is in this world like you would have to spend an exorbitant amount of time in the research literature trying to find these oddball research yeah. articles which is what his team did and i was i'm never gonna go find <laughs> yeah. those like i find pubmed yeah. not not a thrilling place so but the high volume thing too is interesting because he's like how not to diet assuming that people are stuck in this life of restriction right so you can have freedom to eat as much as you desire yes. as long as it's the right types of food correct that's like not really addressing the real issue mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah and then if those didn't work he had weight loss boosters many um, weight loss boosters that he talks about like supplements mm, not always like he would be like well yes you can get it in supplement form but you can get it from these amazing pots and blah 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 so there were all these like weight loss boosters that he talks about with research with certain herbs to eat sleep stress timing of meals so he did go into this whole thing about intermittent fasting versus chronobiology which is eating with the rhythms of the day or doing things based on the rhythm of the day so not just eating but just you know your kind of day and that book that part of the book was actually interesting because there is so much that has gone back and forth on is intermittent fasting good or not because i've seen both come out well it kind of makes me think of ayurveda or even macrobiotics yeah. and how we talk a lot about yeah going along with your circadian rhythm or the seasons and you know finding a rhythm that works for you yeah and so he was in some ways talking about like time restriction does work and a lot of it is because you just don't put that much food in your mouth with less time that you spend <laughs> eating but his proponent was more follow chronobiology as much as you can so eating you know your biggest meal sometime between breakfast and lunch and having a very light dinner and be done eating by 7 p.m based on genes and interaction of food and time of day being in rhythm together and i was like that's not unreasonable but there was some interesting research done and they did it also in shift workers to kind of see well how does this really play out? And it does have something to do with with sun to some degree. So yeah, I just, 
yes, it was interesting, but had I not already paid for the continuing ed credits and <laughs> desperately needed to fin- finish them up before the end of the year, I don't think I would have finished would the book. Would not have finished it. No. Would have shut it closed and said no. Yeah. Thing. And it could have all been avoided that whole thing had the tone about the way that he talked about fat on people's body in a way that was so obviously repulsed him and so i think there's a line in which that you can talk about health and you can talk about fat and people without being so biased on your viewpoints but this book did not fall into that category was he only talking about obesity and weight like did he talk about other health markers he did but like a lot of it kept going back to, well, if you're obese and overweight, then that's why you have these health markers and oh. and all of these other things. And so – and that was really unfortunate because the tone was contradictory to the rare but impactful statement like this. And so this was super helpful to, like to hear, but this was not repeated a lot throughout the book, which is – So his quote is, so the prime cause for obesity epidemic is neither gluttony nor sloth. Obesity may simply be a normal response to an abnormal environment. Which that's not so bad. Which is true, right? Like that is what's happening in our thing. However, that was not the tone that kept going throughout the book. Do you think he had ghostwriters? Like, do you think it was him? I I don't know what his process is. Because I just feel like tone is so unique (laughs) to your own thing. Yeah. You know, I I have no idea. I I, I know that he has a team that helps him pull all the research. um, But I think he does do a lot of the the right. I mean, because if you watch his nutritionfacts.org thing, I mean, it's pretty... He's got a viewpoint. He was much nicer in the Netflix documentary series. I was like, oh, I don't like him as much right now. (laughs) I was like, he's much nicer here. (laughs) I know. And I know we talk about environment here and there often. I think I usually mention there's always some form of like food on TV. I just saw like they launched like the double Big Mac. So it's four burger patties. you're like is this do we really need this no we don't Uh there's no need for that you know there's always some kind of like new crazy food invention that is there for you know your palate and for excitement and to sell something that has the opposite to do with all yeah i mean it's it's health it's planetary health it is everything and you know people talk about well that moral ethics of of our foods, our meat and animal food supplies, like, well, all those things go together. But if you can look at this other option of regenerative farming and how that should be done, that that's actually helpful, right? Yeah. But we can't have a insatiable appetite for junk meat and do that. Like the amount of meat that is, I will, in the documentary that does talk about, like, we can't have this supply of meat in the world. Like this is not good for right. humans or for the planet. And I agree right. with that. It's like a little much. It's a bit much. Yeah. Gosh. Well, so <laughs> I listened to this podcast episode. Okay. And this is something I didn't tell you yet. Okay. So uh, my friend sent me this link and, you know, I'm pretty like weary of 
listening to things. Like I said, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to listen to all the noise. I also don't like listening to all the drama or things that are going to make me angry. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was time for that. I just want to be like uplifted and laughing most of the day. So it was Bathroom Chronicles. It's Kimberly Vanderbeek, which is James Vanderbeek's wife. And my friend and I, we both find her kind of fascinating because she's kind of living this trad life wife. Wait, trad wife life? What's trad wife life? What's that? <laughs> trad is short for traditional. So there's this whole trend of women on the internet that are like yearning for this traditional lifestyle, basically like mean? pioneer women, you know, where you're just like, you live on your land and you homestead and you homeschool. Oh, homestead. Oh, okay. So they've and, just changed the name. Yeah, from... but they, there's a whole other kind of sub of that where it's more about being kind of like the 50s housewife. Where, so like, you're adding we, homesteading to 50s? Yeah, like some... Well, I don't know. I feel like there's different genres of trad, oh, trad wife obviously, life. yeah. So some of them are more homesteaders, but some of them are also more in the in the vein of like, I don't leave the house unless I ask my husband's permission. Oh. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> so it's, it comes back to this whole like submissive wife role or whatever. But anyway, that is a totally different... I don't think that's necessarily Kimberly Vanderbeek's stance. I think she's yeah. more just the, you know, Homestead. homesteader. Yeah, they have huge... Things. They bought property, like they yeah, lived they out in like the farm out, acres of or something and like dripping. And yeah. yeah, so they're, so they're talking about eating meat and, you know, veganism. And they had Dave Asprey, who's the bulletproof coffee guy. And he's notoriously like anti-vegan. He was vegan for years. And then he went the other end. And anyway, they're talking Dave about Dave Asprey stories. was vegan for years? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I would not have guessed that based on. Yeah. And so was Kimberly Vanderbeek and this other woman. I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh my gosh. Her name's Peggy. She's a psychic and intuitive charges $500 for 15 minutes of her time. It's amazing. But I was like, ooh, what would what, what I learn in 15 minutes? Anyway, they were talking about their own experiences with kind of transitioning from veganism to eating meat. And I thought it was fascinating because they were talking about how, like, literally the animals came to them and, like, begged them to be eaten. <laughs> that just snorted. Ugh. I mean, the way, when, okay. the way they said it, I was I actually didn't know. Like, I was like, oh, maybe because it sounded all very spiritual, right? Like they were having this experience where they're like meditating in a field and this like cow came up to him and was like, this is the cycle of life. Like you need to eat me. They were um, probably. They were like, okay, sold. <laughs> just started eating meat. And granted, these are people that are choosing more regenerative farming practices, eating really clean, whatever. But I just thought that was kind of a funny thing. Oh my and god! I, I, I have so many things, <laughs> so just many questions, so, so many, so many things, and I'm just like, okay, be open, be open, be I open. Because well, all I can show. hear is all like this judgment is like wave of judgment. Like it's just I, I can't even like hear Tell, all what of is, it. What is the judgment that they didn't hear the voice? Or yeah, I mean that's they might have been on like mushrooms or something. I don't know. I am all about hearing, you know, messages from the universe and like really tapping into something beyond yourself. But I find it very hard to have a cow come, please eat me. I mean, I'm probably not doing this story justice. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure she said it in a much more... 
clarifying way, you know, where it was just like, it was to her, it was like the spiritual experience. But I just think about the people, there are people that are very into farm sanctuaries and mm-hmm. they're probably going, like, absolutely not. Would an animal in a farm sanctuary or of sorts be like, please eat me. Yeah. It's, I think- it's the natural part of life. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean that's not exactly what went I know, down, but, but that's, but that's how essentially I hear it. it. That is well, because that's the way I said it. But it is essentially it. And then you know they're talking about how like it's just really about your gratitude and giving the animals gratitude and having this full circular spiritual experience with you know your food, right. which is fair. Which is like you know part of like native populations and how that it it was it was not to be taken for granted. You right. did these things, and you know, and some cultures still participate in that and then there are ranchers that are trying to go back to that they're like we need to be a part of the solution as well and part of that is that appreciation of you know that whole cycle of life and not take this for granted yeah yeah i mean it just goes to show there is data on all sides there is of the coin yes Yeah, so when he said in his book, you know, I'm going to look at all, well, I can go and find the same research on the the health benefits of eating certain animal-based products. Yeah. I mean, you certainly can. Like, yes, I mean, is all animal products all day, all the time good? No, we need it all. We need it all. Yeah, and I think it's just up to you. It's like... Are you doing your lab work? How do you feel energetically? Like, do you have energy to get through your day? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then there's, like, this whole flip side of the carnivore diet, which is, like, no plants, basically. And yeah. I'm like, well, you're, except for here's one thing. Humans are the only mammals that don't make their own vitamin C. So you have to get it from your diet. Well, vitamin C is from plants. And the same yeah. thing is is that we get B12, the majority of it, from animal-based products. Yes, we can get some from some other microbiota, but those things are not in our soil anymore. Like, we're not exposed yeah. to that anymore. And even if we did, it would be pretty limited. And since vitamin B12 is so crucial to our nerve health and our brain health, like, that's not something I'm willing to be like, well, I hope some nutritional yeast gives it all to me. Like, I'm not <laughs> willing to do it. Yes, you absolutely 100% can supplement. But I just keep thinking about the relationship of the dynamics of both yeah. in our life and so mark hyman a book that i read i got it i, I only got it because i was kind of interested in it and i had a gift which for those of you who don't know mark hyman he's kind of like the celebrity he's, functional yes and he's doctor. been around for a long time he's written a million books i had a gift certificate to have price books and have price books happen to have it otherwise i would have gotten it from the library i would not have paid full retail <laughs> for it i was curious it is a little fluffy I mean, it's got information in there, but it's not dense. It's not overly science-y. But, you know, he's like, the war between paleo and vegan is too much. He was like, there is a concept of both. And so his is like pegan, where, you know, you get a little, the, there are concepts of paleo that are good, and there are concepts of vegan are good. And you can mix those together. And I, I just like it because that's kind of been what my viewpoint has been for a long time is that most of our plate should be plants and we have like a little bit of animal based products in our day it doesn't even have to be every meal and yeah 
Keep it simple. Keep it simple. To that, though, like to bring in reality and talking about, okay, what's optimal versus like, what are you willing to do? <laughs> you know? And and how do you enjoy a, a Pop-Tart with butter on it every once in a while or whatever your favorite, you know, <laughs> snack is? Yep. Like, I think, you know, going back to this podcast, I listened to all three of those people eat really, really clean. Like, you know, she's like, if I ate a Cheeto, I would be doubled over dying. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really the life that I want to live either. Like, and I don't know if that's necessarily the picture of health. Like if your body can't handle a little Cheeto dust time to time or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. I always kind of joke. I'm like, I just want to be a little bit dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, that's where I came up with Um, in, in culinary school. You know, I was like, oh man, this we, we were knee deep in macrobiotics and I was like, oh, I need to be a little bit dirtier. Like I need, yeah. I need, I get, it's a little too clean. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. And that's for the individual to find out for themselves right. and to explore. I'm not here to take that away from anyone who wants to eat that way or who needs to eat that right. way. Some people really do. And, you know, right. kudos to them. But I think for the mass majority of people, there becomes this like vision of what's optimal and then they see where they're at and they're like, these are two totally different things. Like how, how, what do I do? And how can I include some of these things? So like, if you're just going to give the people a little taste of kind of how we're working with them and, and, you know, showing them. I think we all need to be short of digestive issues. We all need to be moving towards more plants. And it is really hard as a Western society to really grasp what that means. You know, like half my plate should be plants because that is like a really, that's a hard place. Like if you look at, you know, picture books from childhood, you know, all that, that's not what the plate looks like. You're just used to this, this protein blob color picture and then this, you know, start and then a little bit of vegetables. And so it really just all needs to be flip flopped and we need to just start being more interested and plants and you don't have to do it overnight in fact you shouldn't because you might be a little uncomfortable and gassy so just slowly start incorporating in more plants do you need to eat a trough at of salad no it's just like what is the there's always like a mix of plants and it doesn't always have to be salad i think people hear yeah. plants and oh, it yeah. needs to either be broccoli or a trough of salad and there's <laughs> there's a wide variety out a there a world of vegetables yeah and there. that can include grains if grains work for you and that can include beans which i think a lot of people really underestimate and your body if you s- start to slowly adjust to them your body does get used to it like your bacteria is like heck yeah it can finally multiply to break all that fiber down and do that. And so I think we really need to start thinking about plants. Which is good. But what is your stance on the 20% of the other stuff? What do you mean? Like junk? Yeah. Well, absolutely eat it. Well, I I mean, I I think we should be closer to 10. How much? Okay. I think we should be closer to 10. I think it should be 90-10. If I'm being truthful, am I always at 90 10 no there are definitely 80 20s sometimes 20 80 depending on the day you know i'm not perfect you're not a robot you're not perfect you know it's it's out there and sometimes it's just like really freaking hard when if you you've ever taken a road trip you ever see just like a salad bar on the highway you know there are just there's times and places and i i just wish that i had a way to wave a magic wand to make this not be all about capitalism in the favor of cheap, disgusting food. 
because yeah. our you know we deserve better as citizens i know and then i see influencers that are like just eat the mcdonald's or eat the thing and i'm like yeah and not all the time you know like it's it's such a like ugh, it's so tough because there's there's the whole anti-diet stance which is like just stop don't overthink anything just eat whatever you want and like let's just let go of it completely which i don't think is the stance either there's so many things if that really was your stance i would be going to like every like, fast food place every week or like you know every time i had an urge or a craving i would be eating that thing and like I choose not to because I know how that makes my body feel in the long run. And I don't make it mean terrible things about myself or that I'm on a diet. I just know I can't have a milkshake every day. Like, that's not going to do me good. So we do try to simplify it as much as possible for people. But there is a lot of nuance, which is why it can't be black or white. No, there is no black or white. There's a whole lot of shade of gray. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere and i think it's hard to make some of these things be important for a lot of people because of how much we have to work and how much we have to just give all of our energy to these other things and food becomes the last thing when it used to be a primary thing it is now the thing that we dread the most to think about what am i going to put in my body yeah and and I think that's where companies were like, well, here's my opportunity. And like, I don't know. I've also seen these Instagram posts where they're like, it was some couple, some celeb couple. And I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about like, ha ha ha. This, like the husband had said like, yeah, my wife like couldn't cook a meal to save her life. And it was like, ha ha ha, isn't that cute? And I was like, no, it's not cute <laughs> to not know how to cook. I'm not saying people have to be, home chefs or you have to make it a hobby but like you should be able to cook yourself an egg or chop up a carrot there's certain things where i'm just like why like why is this our environment in our society now where we're so deprioritizing like nourishing ourselves yeah that book does talk about that i mean what he recommends doing i was like well it's good luck to you. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know that most people can go from not cooking to, you know, he's like, put on some music and dance and it's okay to make some mistakes in the meal. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure most people at six o'clock with their, you know, frazzled and, you know, kids running all around or completely exhausted from work and commuting and picking up and driving up and doing all of that is like, I'm going to put on some music and dance around to my kitchen while I learn to cook. Like, that's fucking crazy. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so idealistic, overly yeah. idealistic. And would I want that for everyone? Yeah, that sounds real great. But, like, sometimes if my husband puts on music while he's cooking i'm just like that is so loud i'm so stressed out by your happiness in the kitchen can you please turn <laughs> it down because i'm overstimulated about something else yeah and so i will listen to something on my airpods like a podcast or music when i'm cooking just to kind of be in my own yeah. zone but that's only when i have someone to help me with my kid yeah there's a wide range that you can do and you just start somewhere and just see where it goes yeah Everything is unique to you. And I think that's what we help people sort it out too is like, let's figure out what your uniqueness is, but also like your strengths and your weaknesses and what you're willing to do versus what you're not willing to do because that is so different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have some clients that without an HEB meal kit, their new balanced meal situation would, 
would not exist. And so I am not opposed to heating up an HEB meal kit with some extras, but yeah. I mean, we do live in a world with a lot of resources, you know, and if you have the resources, you get to make those resources work for you, which is great. And, you know, I'm never above any prepared food. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I got to go meditate and see what the animals say I should be doing. Maybe they'll they'll come to me. So I'm going to go sign off and go, go do that. I mean, my argument to myself is always like if we lived in this post-apocalyptic world, like, would I be willing to kill a chicken or a cow or go fishing? Like, not very often. Yeah. I mean, I would, but my consumption yeah, not every would day. be... Not every yeah, day. Yeah, it would be low. I might kill a chicken every day. <laughs> I don't know. Seems easy. Maybe you should go meditate on that and see if that's what the chickens want. I am. I am. Which, by the way, Peggy, the intuitive psychic, has some free meditations on our website. And I recommend checking them out it was really good they were was it how to talk to animals no it was like ask a it was more like open up your intuition Mm -hmm. it was like how to like tap into like you know write a question down and then like go you go into the center of the earth and you know, I can't even make it visual. to the center of my body. How am I going to make it to the center? Well, she of the starts earth? there. She's like, go into your heart, and then it was like, no, expand your heart. Oh. Now there's a white light. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. The white light is putting. Oh, you right, 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 right. And then now you're in the earth, and now like see what you notice. Now come back up, and then like now ask yourself the question. Do you know what's fun is that I can't do those meditations because I can't. When I close my eyes, I see black. I see no visuals. Ooh, that's a thing. Yeah. And so I don't see anything. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like looking You're around like, for it. Black everywhere. And so I'm like, well, so I end up thinking about what that thing might should look like instead of seeing it. And so I have to do the ones that are all based on like feeling like a physical feeling. I discovered it last year and I was like, that's what I have. <laughs> I was so excited to learn it. So I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That's interesting. So, that's good to know. Yeah. Everybody's brain works differently. I actually kind of want to go see a psychiatrist just to be reevaluated <laughs> because just out of curiosity to learn more about my brain. Because I was diagnosed with what ADD. It wasn't, it wasn't even ADHD back in like the 80s. I have no idea what's actually going on here. I just know that my brain functions differently than yours and yours functions differently than you know it's like we're all just the blind leading the blind out here on that note yeah i think we'll go (laughs) (laughs) i sure hope that we gave you something new to think about today and how do you take one more step on your path to free yourself from diet culture please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on instagram at path underscore nutrition We would love to work with you in 2024. So no matter where you are, we'll help you find your optimal. We can meet you wherever you're at with options that work for you. So get started now. Go to our website. It's refreshedpathnutrition.com to learn more and get started. Bye. Bye.